3: vaccines like all vaccines do cause local side effects redness swelling sometimes some warmth and certainly some discomfort or pain around the injection site this is relatively common and is self-resolving in a day or two some people more unusually will also have some additional symptoms they may feel unwell headache some people have diarrhea or muscle pains Again, these are self-resolving symptoms. Those are relatively common. There are a limited number of rare side effects from mRNA vaccines that include mild myocarditis that have been identified. The risk of myocarditis is highest in young males, 12 to 29 years of age. And these, again, are rare side effects, about 40 cases for every million doses that are given. For young females, it's even lower, 10 times lower, about four cases for every million doses. And when we're talking about older age groups, it goes even lower, about one to two cases for every million doses that are given. mRNA vaccines are a kind of vaccine where the instructions for the immune response are given to the body. These are different than other kinds of vaccines that use an inactivated or a small part of the virus that is of concern that we're trying to vaccinate against. So mRNA vaccines differ from other COVID vaccines because they provide the instructions to the body for producing a protein that our immune system responds to. Other vaccines use a weakened or dead part of the virus as a means for the immune system to train against when it will actually see the virus.
1: Uh, We're really taking that leap, uh, us as a company buyer, uh, in cell and gene therapy, which to me is one of these examples where really we're going to make a difference, hopefully uh, moving forward there are some uh, ultimately the uh, the mRNA vaccines uh, are an example for that uh, cell and gene therapy. I always like to say if we had surveyed two years ago uh, in the public, would you be willing to take a, a gene th- gene or cell therapy and inject it into your body? we would have probably had a ninety five percent refusal rate. I think uh, this pandemic has also opened many people 's eyes to to innovation in a way that uh, was maybe not possible before.
4: Welcome to The War Room. It's Natalie Winters hosting today. We got Steve joining us again at 6 p.m. to do an Easter special. But in the meantime, we have a lot of news to break. One of my favorite quotes I always find myself saying on War Room is, of course, attributed attributed to Sun Tzu that the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting. And typically when I say it, it's in context of the Chinese Communist Party and their vast foreign influence operations. But today's show, and in this case, I think we might actually be talking maybe about even COVID-19 vaccines, certainly mask mandates and lockdowns. I'm sure if the World Economic Forum could reorient that statement, they'd say the supreme art of war is to reset the enemy without fighting. Of course, paying tribute to the great Reset the Agenda that, by all accounts, in my opinion, has sort of materialized thanks to COVID, probably the largest power grab uh, in a very long time. But I think one of the fundamental questions we've been asking and really exploring here at War Room, was COVID the real bioweapon or was it the vaccines, and I know the War Room Posse doesn't even like the terminology vaccine. They like to use the term gene therapy. I don't know if you saw in that pretty epic uh, cold open we had the PSA coming from the World Health Organization where they very quietly admit, they're saying the quiet part out loud, that these mRNA gene treatment therapies can actually cause myocarditis, but they say, oh, it's just four in a million. Yeah, don't mind if I don't trust your data because I'm pretty sure you're the same group that just came out about two years later and now you're telling the Chinese Communist Party that they hid data about the origins of COVID, something we've been saying here at the War Room for a pretty long time. So don't mind if I don't trust a single thing that the World Health Organization says. And by the way, don't take my word for it. The last part of that cold open, that was an executive uh, from another big pharma company. I guess the WHO isn't technically part of the big pharma apparatus, but I would argue that they are de facto a part of it. Uh, But he says, the reason why they didn't say mRNA vaccines were gene therapy is because you probably wouldn't have taken it. 95% of you probably wouldn't have taken it. And I think we'll have some interesting analysis from Mark Mitchell from Rasmussen. Uh, actually kind of backing up that evidence about these vaccines and the effects of them. But before we get into that, I want to dive down uh, on mRNA vaccines, gene therapy whole concept, and how it might be coming or entering your into your body without you even knowing it. Uh, I'm talking about through the food supply. Uh, if we have Tom Renz, Attorney Thomas Renz, down the line and ready to join us, Happy to, to get talking about this, but before we get into mRNA vaccines or mRNA therapies and the food supply, I'd love if you could just explain your background a little bit, how you first got involved with filing these lawsuits to not just oppose COVID lockdowns and mask mandates, but really honing in on the vaccines and the lies that have been peddled about them.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I started this whole thing as a Provax guy. I thought everything was good with this. I just thought I was fighting against lockdowns because I felt that was unconstitutional. And uh, I was working on a master's in health science when COVID came out. And what I had found was that everything they had said about COVID was a lie. They knew the case fatality rate was low. I looked at the epidemiology, the biostats. I did my, my master's work on it. Yeah. So I wrote a bunch of stuff on this one. Everything they were saying was a lie. Well, that kicked in the lawyer sense, right? Uh, as a lawyer, you know, I it just smelled bad. So I started doing work and I started researching. And when the vaccines came out, well, it just smelled bad, just like the rest of COVID. So I start looking into this, and I see things, you know, like October, November of twenty twenty, prior to the release of the vaccines, uh, there was a leaked FDA presentation. The FDA presentation said that they expected myocarditis, they expected strokes, they expected died suddenly, they expected all of these things. It's an FDA document. It's not me. It's not my evidence. It's theirs. But yet when they release the vaccines, when they start poisoning people with these gene therapies, that none of this makes a disclosure sheet. Well, I look at that and say, well, how's that? Well, they distinguish between side effects and adverse events of special interest. The nine pages of adverse events of special interest that you find in the Pfizer documents were were called adverse events of special interest because they didn't want to list them on the side effects sheet because if they had to read nine pages of side effects to you, nobody would have got this. So they dis- made it, They distinguish the two even though there's no real difference because what is the difference between a side effect and an adverse event of special interest? To this day, no one can explain it to me. So, uh, that's kind of you know, through that. I just dug and dug and dug and continued. And I, you know, I've worked with everybody that you can imagine on this, uh, you know, and uh, over time, we just found that you can't trust anything coming from anyone in our government on this the World Health Organiz- Organization, and especially from Anthony Fauci.
4: Yeah, it's always best when you can actually go to the primary source, whether it's Anthony Fauci, EcoHealth Alliance, the DOD documents, the DARPA documents, because it's not conspiracy theory. It's not me or you saying it. uh, It's them and their their own words. And I know you've done some really great work in terms of how the mandates uh, on the military and these COVID vaccines, which, like you were saying, they knew caused all these negative health effects, you know, why they would mandate them in the first place. But before we get into that, because after we talk about the food supply, I sort of want to zoom out and get the bigger picture on this right, what the ultimate end goal, what the ultimate agenda is. Um, but you've obtained documents, if I'm correct, from the National Institutes of Health, presentations from the early 2000s, where they sort of outline it's about a five-step plan to embed what is mRNA technology, which is also known, I guess you could say euphemistically, although I don't know if it's quite a euphemism, as gene therapy, um, into the food supply. Can you walk me through that and just remind me I'm not crazy? <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, no, you're absolutely not. And let me actually clear this up for you. Y'all are right at War Room. It is a gene therapy. And here's what. You don't have to take my word for this. Uh, Moderna has admitted it in their SEC filings, and so has Pfizer. In fact, if you go to the, I believe, the spring of 2019 uh, filings, I might have that date wrong, they openly talk because when you do an SEC filing is something that you're required to file with with the Securities Exchange Commission. It's a federal government agency. And that filing requires that you disclose the position of your company, any publicly traded company. So if you sell your stocks on the stock market, you're a publicly traded company. Well, Moderna is. Well, they had to talk about the risks and the benefits. Uh, You know, what's good about their stock, what risks they're facing, the market issues. And they openly say that one of the biggest risks they're facing is that their products are all mRNA-based gene therapies, and nobody wants gene therapies. So the question about whether or not this is a gene therapy was moot from the start. There's never been a question. The manufacturers have admitted it. So not only are you not insane, you're dead right. And uh, to me, I don't even think you need to acknowledge that as an issue because it is a gene therapy. Further, in terms of the vaccine stuff, so what I found... We got a tip because we're working on a bill in Missouri, it's House Bill 1169, and uh, thankfully we the people have been speaking out, and it looks like we're going to get some negotiating uh, done on this now, but House Bill 1169 does three things, and I'm, I'm getting your answer here. But it essentially, it requires that you disclose if, if any product has a gene therapy pro- quality. It requires that you talk about how those gene therapy uh, aspects of the product could be transmitted to other people. And then it requires in full, a full informed consent before someone gives you a medical intervention or a gene therapy. So three things that are completely non-controversial and there's no problem. With. Well, we go and we're working on this bill and we're getting massive opposition to informed consent. We're saying who the heck would oppose this? Well, it turns out that big pharma, through the ag lobbyists, were opposing this massively, and the reason that they're doing it is because uh, I started doing this research and going back to 2000. I've actually found documents going back to the mid 90s where they've talked about integrating vaccines into foods. Initially, H- this hang was Hang on, done- Thomas.
4: One one second, just I just want to clarify something. So you're saying that they're currently doing this or is this bill to just prevent it from happening in the future
1: well that's the thing that was shocking to me is initially i thought this was to prevent it but we got word from the pork and cattle some lobbyists who i can't talk about names because these guys would get fired in a heartbeat that they were planning on using mrna gene therapies like in the immediate future well so i started doing some research and it turns out There is a product called Sequevity on the market from Merck that I'm looking right here. It says uh, Sequevity harnesses RNA particle technology to create customized prescription vaccines uh, in swine. It's there. Not only is it there... But it appears that the technology is getting to the point where it can be transmissible from these animals to people. We have, I also have, and Peter McCullough confirmed this for me, he's looked at this, um, and he actually tweeted, and I'm just going to read his tweet, He says, Chinese successfully loaded cow's milk with mRNA and it was absorbed into the GI tract of recipients. Concerns about surreptitious insertation of mRNA into the food are valid, must be stopped what's happened is is we found out that they're actually already doing this in some countries. And because Congress decided to remove the country of origin labels from food products, if they're doing this in China, it's potentially in our food supply. We don't know where our food's coming from, but we know that they're able to do it and probably are doing it now in China. They're going to be doing it in the immediate future if they're not already doing it here in the United States. And uh, we, that's just in meats, we don't know about in vegetables.
4: So we just got about a minute before we go to break, but if you could just walk through real quick who you said the largest voices of opposition to this bill are, because maybe we can kind of reverse engineer out of yeah. that what the real issue is. Like I said, about 30 seconds.
1: Bear Monsanto is located in St. Louis and they're driving a lot of this. Bear bought Monsanto, the largest seed producer on the planet, and they're engineering this into the seed. Uh, and, you know, maybe into the cattle and into other things. But Big Farm is essentially using the lobbyists, cattlemen associations fighting it hard, farm bureaus, a lot of the chambers of commerce are fighting this uh, because they don't want informed consent, I, it's, which is beyond me.
4: We'll be right back. Please hang with us through the break. I think the old saying used to be, you know, bread and circuses, but now I guess it's uh, mRNA infused synthetic beef. And TikTok, never thought I'd be longing for the days where we go back to bread and circuses. But alas, here we are. We got Thomas Wren staying with us to finish his analysis on this. Boris Epstein, Mike Davis, Mark Mitchell. We got a very full show. Natalie Winters in the driver's seat. Hang in there. We'll be right back.
0: Inflation has consequences. As the Fed raises interest rates to combat out-of-control government spending, Long-term bonds have diminished in value, crippling banks. Depositors are holding their breath, and investors are bailing on bank stocks. Diversification has never looked more important to you. The recent surge in gold prices is directly tied to the extreme market volatility right now. This is why gold has historically been a great hedge against the stock market and against inflation. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401K into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, 298-9898 to to get a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401Ks that are tied to a volatile market into an IRA in physical precious metals either gold or silver. And here's the best part. It's tax sheltered. Let me repeat that. It's tax sheltered. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold today. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is who you can trust to protect your future. Text Bannon to 989898 today. Take action.
2: Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
3: Sooner rather than later, that's what medical experts and scientists say about the next pandemic. We need
1: more money to plan for the second pandemic. There's going to be another pandemic. We will be much better off the next pandemic when it occurs. There will absolutely be an outbreak of another pandemic. because there will be another pandemic. Preparedness for the next pandemic. We can prevent the next pandemic. To be ready for pandemic two.
5: I I call this pandemic one. But when the next pandemic comes, the world must be ready. book that I have coming out next month, which is called Preventing the Next Pandemic.
4: The next pandemic, they're already planning. Now, I know I'm not that old, but I'm pretty sure the whole reason that they used COVID-19, they used legal precedent and pretext that, frankly, had never been used for decades, if not centuries, to basically mandate that the 2020 election be conducted entirely vote-by-mail, enact lockdowns and mask mandates, was because COVID-19 was supposed to be a -a once-in-a-century pandemic. But I guess that's not the case anymore. I guess, like Anthony Fauci said in that clip that was in that montage, the next pandemic could be coming as soon as... Next year, again, far cry from the once-in-a-century pandemic terminology that the Fauci crowd loved to use. But we know, like we're talking with Thomas Renz right now, that they want to put mRNA into everything, the food, your body. But you know one thing that they will certainly not be putting mRNA gene therapy technology into? is my pillows. I told you I really have too much fun getting to do these reads when I get to fill in for Steve. But if you use promo code Warroom to get my pillow 2.0, you will certainly not be disappointed. That's how we at the war room, all the way from the engine room to me to Steve, always have energy even on a Friday at 5.20 p.m. to keep bringing you the news. Again, make sure you use promo code war But before we wrap up and let Thomas Renz go, I just want to zoom out for a second. Um, Obviously, we're talking right now about the bill in the Missouri State House that's number 1169, and you have up on your Twitter how how and who people can call and get in contact with the legislators and lobbyists that they need to to support this bill. But when you kind of zoom out, you have food processing plants blowing up. You have vaccine mandates that are going to cripple the United States military. And you already have people pushing and hustling. For the next pandemic you're someone who's really been in touch and in tune with all of this so just kind of give us in your opinion the bigger agenda what's really going on here
1: well i mean you know there's there's the stuff that we can prove and that's the stuff i can show you a piece of paper on and then there's the stuff that we have to speculate on a bit and when we talk about what they're going to do there is some speculation but not a whole lot right because if you listen to Klaus Schwab and if you listen to Yuval Noah Harari and if you listen to Bill Gates, they tell you they're like serial killers. You know, serial killers always have to tell everybody how many people they kill, and uh, you know it, it makes people uncomfortable when I say that. Uh, but I don't know how else to describe these people. They're they're psychopaths. When you start talking about, you know, Harari can't give a speech without talking about how sad it was that Stalin and Hitler didn't have the technology he has. I mean, the fact that this guy gets invited to anything is shocking to me, but he keeps getting invited to these Ivy League schools and these mainstream institutions where he's talking about, you know, how he wants to remove free will, which is slavery. He's promoting slavery. It's insane. But, you know, these guys have said to us, we want to we want to end homo sapien. We want to go to the next whatever we want to remake the human race. Now, I think that sounds insane. It sounds ludicrous to me. Every time I say it, I, I just I feel like I need to slap myself. But they're telling us. And they're in charge of trillions of dollars. They're some of the most powerful people on the planet. And they've demonstrated. They've written books about the Great Reset. They've told us what they want to do. For whatever reason, controlling our genetics is really a core thing to their next uh, whatever Great Reset uh, step is going to be. And that really seems to be what they're doing, because mRNA has shown to not have any good effects. It doesn't stop COVID. Actually, you end up more likely to have worse effects from COVID if you've been jabbed. You can check with McCullough. You can check with all the scientists. I have to keep up on the stats for my lawsuits, so I do. But we know that it does nothing good. It doesn't prevent the transmission of COVID. They didn't even study that. Pfizer admitted it before the EU. So the, if, if not to control our genetics, what for? We've ruled out the plausible, so we're left with insane. And the insane is, is that for some reason they've got an obsession with controlling human genetics, which they can do. You know, we've got the in vitro studies that show that uh, you've got reverse transcriptase occurring where you're seeing the DNA rewritten, which they keep saying can't happen. But if it can't happen, why don't you do a clinical study in an unbiased way to show that it can't happen? Quit telling me. Just show me. But they they like to tell us how it works. They like to tell us everything. But then when we say, show me the data, show me the raw data, the the unmodified data, they say, well, no, you can't see that. Just trust us. Well, I don't trust you. You haven't stopped lying from the beginning. So why would I start trusting you now? You know, when you have a psychopath that tells you that he wants to reduce the population of the world through vaccination, when you've got people who are out there talking about ending free will, no, I don't trust you. That's insanity. Why would I trust you? So you know, we're just—we've got to exactly. take them at their word, and we've got to fight back.
4: Thank you so much for joining us, Thomas. How can people stay in touch with you and your work?
1: I go to TomRens.com. We've got a Substack. I hope you'll subscribe. It's free. If you pay for it, then that money goes to the fight. I don't charge for most of my time. Uh, I rarely bill clients. I do almost everything I do pro bono. And uh, my work is all based on freedom. So if you give to our Give, Send, Go, if you subscribe to our Substack, if you pay, if you support our sponsors, uh, their sponsors at TomRentz.com, all of that money goes to the fight. And uh, we, we will do everything we can. We will keep fighting to the bitter end. And uh, the more money we got, the more resources we got, the bigger the fight. But we're going to keep fighting any, either way. So send us a prayer if you can't send us a dollar.
4: Thank you so much for joining us. I think we should have Mark Mitchell from Rasmussen joining us down the line. Remember that whole mantra that the cure shouldn't be worse than the disease? Some people might argue that the cure was the disease, but of the uh, debate, cure versus disease, we have some polling from Rasmussen. I think you talked about it a few few days ago on War Room, Um, but talking about how people conceive of vaccine deaths versus COVID-19 deaths. Can you walk us through those pretty startling numbers?
5: Well, it's great to be on to talk about this. I did get to tell Steve a little bit, but I think I can understand why he wanted to focus on the Trump numbers. But it's great to be on to talk about what really is the last and to me the most important part of a trilogy of vaccine polls that we've done. And I think the first two were very important. They showed in the first one That the side effect rate the major side effect rate from the vaccine was high and much higher than it should have been and the second one that a vast a huge amount of americans actually know somebody they personally think died from the vaccine and the number 28 percent was just astounding but in both of those cases it's more of a smoke and not a fire it's those numbers are higher than they should be but you can't actually draw conclusions then about okay well how many people died from the vaccine And what we did with this last set of polling is I I think we actually clearly showed that on a magnitude basis, the vaccines are deadly. And what we did was we asked almost 1,100 American adults, has a member of your household died from COVID-19? 11% said yes. And then in the very same poll, we asked, has a member of your household died from side effects of the COVID-19 vaccine? And 10%, almost the exact same amount, also said yes. And so according to the official numbers, over a million people have died from the COVID virus. And here, according to the answers of people, real human beings that we randomly uh, called up and asked these questions, just as many people died from the vaccine. So I, I mean, to me, this is, we caught them red handed. This is the smoking gun. I And I don't want to downplay a lot of the work that people have done over the last two years about exposing the vaccine safety concerns. But a lot of it has always been you have to make an additional step. It's like there's the VAERS data. The VAERS reports show that people died, but you have to use a multiplication factor. And all of these bits where like, oh, there's anecdotal information out of health insurance companies. They don't want this information out. I think they're really scared of it. When we make a poll that's uncomfortable for the corporate media overlords, They'll usually sock us with a a hit piece immediately after that. We asked Americans if it's okay to be white. Washington Post wrote a hit piece. We showed that Arizona voters think that they elected Carrie Lake as a governor. governor. Washington Post wrote a hit piece. It's crickets out there on this. And that's why we really need the audience to help get this out there because the media is not going to touch it. And Thomas did great work laying the, the foundation of everybody whose interests are aligned about this information getting out. But just to step back and think about the massive amount of people that could settle this by running a scientific study, by releasing the data, even by just not censoring the work of independent journalists that are trying to get information out there about this. Everybody is against this information getting out. And so we need help. But 10%, and I, you know the the poll is up. It's public on our website. I just retweeted it on our Twitter feed. So people, I would love if they're watching to go and retweet it at somebody that you think needs to see this. Somebody in the news media, somebody in the health industry, maybe your favorite elected politician. Um, but also because in these kind of situations where it's a public health concern, we make sure to put those story on the other side of our paywall so everybody can download the crosstabs and look at, at them yourself. And I, I don't want to get into all the demographic details here, but it is not, it's a real signal. Democrats hey, and Republicans- Hang hey with us
4: through the break because I want to I drill down into these crosstabs and in the break, got about 15 seconds and then 90 seconds, I want the war room posse to do some quintessential action, action, action and share this poll, I'll go to Rasmussen Reports. We'll be right back with
0: mark mitchell a lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees but it's not enough to complain we need to change the way the marketplace works and that starts with you and where you spend your money in less than a year public sq has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen Go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
4: Something tells me that the National Institutes of Health won't be conducting any studies based off of Rasmussen's newest findings. Maybe because there's a bit of a conflict of interest given that Anthony Fauci's wife heads their. Uh, Ethical and Ethics Department over there. Uh, But that aside, uh, before we had to jump to break, uh, you were, I think we still have you, um, Mike, or Mark, we have Mike Davis next. Sometimes I... Mix mix them up. There's a lot of (laughs) similar assonance there. Uh, But if you could just walk us, or rather, consonants, uh, if you could walk us through the crosstabs a bit and then just sort of tease so people will go to your website, but to see what you guys found out about Democrats and Republicans and who they think can handle the border crisis better.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of details. People, like I said, can go look at this, download the crosstabs themselves. But what I really just wanted to point out, is It's a real signal. I look at the numbers here, and it's not being driven by tinfoil hat Republicans. In fact, 13% of Democrats and 15% of Republicans, almost the same amount of people, say that somebody in their household died of COVID side effects. And every other place in the cross tabs you look, there's a, s- a signal that makes sense. 18 to 39-year-olds are more likely than older Americans to say they know somebody, but it's like because they have larger households. Um, And, you know, across the board, married people are more likely to say yes than non-married people because, again, they have larger households. So these numbers are real. But just to piggyback off the point you made, the barrier is so low to reaffirm this data. So what you're going to hear if this news gets out is, oh, well, don't trust Rasmus and their track record is horrible. That's a lie. It's, oh, that poll is only 1,100 American adults. That's not a statistically relevant sample. No, that's a lie. But what they should be saying is do the poll yourself. Anyone watching could go do the poll themselves. They can go open up an account on SurveyMonkey and use a Google panel and try and replicate these. And nobody's going to do it. So now you talked about the other poll. Rasmussen, we're polling every day. And one of the things that we like to track is where the parties sit on the issue and how people rate Joe Biden. And we did some polling today that people are happy to look at, too, if, if they want to. But- Legal immigration is Joe Biden's absolute worst issue. Um, He only gets a 30 percent combined excellent and good on that issue and 50 percent of of voters say he does a, a poor job. And we've also been testing Democrats and Republicans against each other on party trust on the issues. And they trust Republicans by 12 points more than Democrats on immigration. I think we all know why. But we've been doing, what's fascinating is we've been doing all of the other issues and Republicans have a commanding lead in almost every one of them. They're even, Republicans are even tying Democrats on the environment, which is just incredible. But spending, taxes, I mean, Republicans have just a massive advantage. And of course, it's not because of the Republicans brand advantage. It's because the platforms make sense, right? But all of those pieces have to add up to get to that electoral win, as we all know.
4: Yes, common sense typically prevails. How can people stay in contact and in touch with you and follow Rasmussen reports and all the polling you guys are doing?
5: Yeah, I'd really like to ask for two things specifically. One is we have a burgeoning YouTube channel that's been taken off, Rasmussen underscore poll. I'd really love to get Welcome as many subscribers club. as possible. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been fun. And guess what? Badge of honor. Team- well, the only takedowns we've had so far have been every single one of my war room interviews. So if you <laughs> want to watch this again on our YouTube channel, you've got to be fast. Um, but also, I just retweeted the video I did covering that vaccine poll in more depth. And so if people want to go to Twitter, Rasmussen underscore poll, I'd really love for you to just take that five seconds and retweet it and tag some people that are going to be uncomfortable when they read the results of this.
4: Thank you so much for joining us, Mark. My pleasure. Now I think we have Mike Davis down the line. Now this must be a pretty happy day for you. I think every time I turn on my TV, whether it's CNN or War Room or really any show, it's always you talking about Matthew Colangelo. But just a few hours before War Room started today, it seems like Jim Jordan heated uh, your advice and actually wants him to appear for a transcribed interview uh, for the committee's oversight of Manhattan's DA Alvin Bragg's unprecedented prosecutorial conduct. That's a quote from the House Judiciary Twitter account. Can you just, A, react, and B, unpack what we should be looking for and expecting to find in this transcribed interview?
6: I want to say cheers to House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan. I have been a constant... Pain in his, uh, you know watch for the last several years because of our disagreement. Strong disagreement on the big tech fight. I was a vocal critic of Jim Jordan as he got this weaponization committee off to a slow and bumpy start. but he is really firing on all cylinders here. This, this uh, demand for a staff deposition of Matthew Colangelo is a key thing for the weaponiz- for the Democrats, for Biden's weaponization and uh, how Biden has politicized and weaponized our justice system. Matthew Colangelo is a key figure in this Manhattan DA, Alvin Bragg's, BS case against President Trump. Matthew Colangelo was the acting associate attorney general, the number three in the Justice Department, uh, the Biden Justice Department, a political appointee. He was part of the parachute team of, of the hardcore loyalists who come in at the beginning of the administration. He then uh, became the number two to the associate attorney general, the number two to the the number three, when when Vanita Gupta got confirmed by the Senate. Vanita Gupta is a hardcore leftist, and between Vanita Gupta and Matthew Colangelo, they are the ones who are driving a lot of the weaponization at the Justice Department. Uh, Colangelo was an NAACP attorney for seven years, and then he joins the Obama Justice Department, Eric Holder's Justice Department. Colangelo worked for Tom Perez when Tom Perez was the the head of the Civil Rights Division. Tom Perez went on to be Obama's Labor Secretary, and Colangelo was Perez's Chief of Staff in the Department of Labor. When When Tom Perez went to be Obama's Chairman of the Democrat National Committee, Colangelo went to the Obama White House, where he was a politically appointed economic advisor to President Obama. And then when Obama left office, when Trump was in office, Colangelo went to the Democrat New York Attorney General's office. And essentially, they created a job for him to run the Trump derangement unit in in the New York AG's office, where Colangelo filed constant lawsuits against Trump, Trump Organization, Trump finances, Trump administration, he was the head of Trump arrangement for the Democrat New York Attorney General. And then back, uh, so then he joined the Obama, or excuse me, the Biden administration. Same thing, really Obama, Biden administration, uh, <laughs> o- Obama's third term. Uh, he was the, uh, again, the acting number three and then the number two to the number three. Colangelo is the guy who sicked the FBI after Christians praying outside of abortion clinics while giving amnesty to abortion industry activists who terrorized Catholic churches, crisis pregnancy centers, and Supreme court justices and their families outside of their homes. This is a left-wing political hack. Bragg uh, initially declined, actually the case in New York, the, the prior Manhattan DA declined this, these charges against Trump at Bragg's urging when he was in the AG's, New York AG's office. Uh, when, when, The Manhattan U.S. attorney declined these charges. The Federal Election Commission declined these charges. Bragg himself declined these charges when he was the new Manhattan DA, the George Soros funded Manhattan DA. He took a lot of heat from the left. A couple of his prosecutors, left-wing hack prosecutors, resigned in process uh, during the process unethically, wrote books, did media tours, uh, bashing Bragg for not prosecuting Trump for this bogus legal theory. Back in December, Bragg hired Colangelo to come in to the Manhattan DA's office from the Biden Justice Department, from the Number Three's office, this political appointee, and then they resurrected this zombie case, this dead case to get Trump based upon this bogus legal theory that was rejected so many prior times. It's a laughable legal theory. So I am very happy that Jim Jordan is issuing subpoenas to Colangelo and making him come in for staff depositions and getting his records, his documents. This is, this is very important because uh, Alvin Bragg has crossed the Rubicon, and it's going to be very hard to come back uh, from this as a country when we are politicizing and weaponizing our justice system to take out our political opponents, including for the first time ever indicting a former president who happens to be a president the, the leading presidential candidate against, against Biden. Biden sent Colangelo to Bragg's office to take out Trump.
4: Seems like the only thing missing from his resume is that he was a World Economic Forum young global leader, but I guess it's not not too late. You never know. He could add it. Maybe he'll get promoted uh, after everything he's done in that office. But real quick, we only got a few minutes, about two minutes, before I got to let you go. Um, If you could just give us your thoughts on the whole Clarence Thomas, Justice Clarence Thomas situation. Apparently, I guess, Supreme Court justices can't have friends. Um, and after you do that, if you could just give us your your coordinates on social media where people can follow you and your media appearances.
6: Yes, I, Justice Clarence Thomas is a, a great American. Uh, his wife Jenny is a great American. When I clerked for Justice Gorsuch, I got to know Justice Thomas very well and Jenny very well. They're great people. The, the Democrats are coming after him because he took lawful trips. Jenny and, and Justice Thomas took lawful trips with their best friends and their best friends just happen to be pretty wealthy which is not illegal in this country to have wealthy friends this wealthy friend who went on trips with the Thomases have zero business before the United States Supreme Court and notice these Democrats who are feigning concern now about Justice Thomas's trips with his best friend of 25 years had zero interest in Democrat appointed justices who also took these trips they had zero interest and the millions and millions of dollars the Biden crime family took from Chinese and Ukrainian oligarchs they had zero interest in trips that president Biden has take taken to you know billionaires homes while he's the president of the United States so i would say to those democrats save it save it we don't want to hear it and if you want to follow the article 3 project it's article3project.org article3project.org at article three project at article number three project on getter twitter truth and my personal when i'm not kicked off is at m r d d m i a two d's M-R-D-D-M-I-A. and thank you very much
4: sure you're getting pretty close to being kicked off with all the media you've been doing and raising hell about matthew colangelo but thank you for doing that because i think if it weren't for you there wouldn't be such a effort and push up on the hill to get this guy to sit down for a transcribed interview. Now, we only got about a minute and a half before we got to jump to break, and we should have Boris Epstein joining us after. Um, But until then, we also have some breaking news with the House Oversight Committee issuing subpoenas to more banks, getting more financial records regarding Biden family members and associates in terms of their overseas business dealings. I'm sure the Chinese Communist Party Probably Ukraine would be number one and two in terms of the receipts that they'll get. Sure, no coincidence that those also happen to be the two countries that have been enjoying, I would say, the most preferential and really best treatment from the Biden regime. Notice how I didn't say America, because America, whether it's East Palestine or really anywhere, America last, I think, is the defining term and phrase of the Biden regime. By the way, like I said, we just got a minute before we got to go to break you know, this whole transgender craziness that really has exploded, that video we played today earlier on War Room about what happened to Riley Gaines, someone who's about my age. You know, people might might forget, but it wasn't too long ago that I was growing up in Los Angeles in high school, and I really think people don't understand the, the evils that go on in classrooms nowadays. I can't tell you. I mean, my school had more transgender bathrooms than they did transgender students, there were teachers who were preying on these kids, telling them that they would be happier. They started injecting themselves in their bodies with these life-altering, body-altering hormones that frankly I think make them crazy. We know transgenderism is really just gender dysmorphia. Really, really, really sad and disheartening to see that video we played earlier with Riley Gaines. I mean, it's like other world, not even third world stuff. Uh, It's dystopian. Luckily, it's Good Friday and Easter's coming. Hang with us. We'll be right back. we got Boris Epstein joining us right after the break.
0: COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty dollars And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDTaxRelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDTaxRelief.org. Visit COVIDTaxRelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDTaxRelief.org, COVIDTaxRelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org.
3: The
0: new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology, no more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want, the way you want.
1: Download now.
4: Can't believe we're already in the final block. I feel like we just started the show, but I guess we have a lot of news to get to. We still have more news to get to, actually. We have to talk about my favorite topic, which is the man, the myth the legend, Donald J. Trump. We should have Boris Epstein joining us momentarily to talk about how MAGA is ascendant in the polls on the streets everywhere. But before we talk to Boris about this new Reuters poll, I want to make sure you guys know that you should be using promo code WARROOM If you go to the MyPillow website, I think Mike Lindell was nice enough to give us a special little square on the website. I know Sebastian Gorka told you to use a different promo code yesterday, but that is disinformation and I use that word in its truest and most accurate sense. It's usually very misconstrued, but make sure you use promo code WARROOM to try MyPillow 2.0 and they have a whole host of products if you go on their website you'll be surprised dog beds blankets you name it but I think we should have Boris joining us I asked Cameron to tell you if you would make an exception and because I'm hosting today if you would join via Skype or video but I guess my special request was not granted but that's okay um but in <laughs> in good news if you could break down this latest uh pull out of Reuters talking about Donald Trump the effects of the arraignment uh, in the primary and beyond.
2: Natalie, great to be with you. Honored to be with you. Honored to be with the posse. And uh, sorry we couldn't make the video happen, but hopefully we'll do it sometime <laughs> soon. Uh, the effects have been absolutely unbelievable. If you look at the polling, President Trump at Reuters, he's at 58. Ron DeSantimoni is at 21. President Trump was at 48 just on Monday, going up 10 points in a Reuters poll, a left of center poll. President Trump is absolutely dominating American politics. There's no two ways about it. And all these fake witch hunts, hoaxes, and attacks that are coming from the, from the left, from the radical, deranged Democrats, are only helping the American people come closer together and stand with President Donald J. Trump.
4: Seems like the MAGA movement really is coalescing and sort of coming together to support Donald Trump, because like I said, if this indictment proves anything, it's that the deep state does indeed exist and that Donald Trump is their most existential threat. In terms of the, the breakdown, the, the numbers really are staggering. You're talking, I mean, double-digit differences in terms of Trump gaining, but also a split between him Trump and... Anatomy, right? I mean, if you're looking
2: at yeah. 58 to 21, I mean, that's... President Trump is effectively triple uh, the Florida governor who's dropping like a rock.
4: And do you think that's just because Trump had this whole arraignment situation happen, or do you think it's precisely because of how he's handling it? People are reminded of the fighter that he is and that he will be when he comes back to the White House.
2: Well, it's a combination of factors. And if you look at the, uh, the Texas poll, for example, that's been a swing of 43 points in favor of the president. It's, pre- it's President Trump continuing to be the authentic strong leader, continuing to stand for America, continuing to fight against woke, continuing to fight against, you know, the radical persecutors. And it's also the fact that any of the you know, any of the pretenders who are even considering writing against them have shown themselves to be not ready for prom time in any way whatsoever. And that very much includes the governor of Florida, who has had a disastrous several months, you know, has had flip flopped on Ukraine, has had already staff shake again, even within his I guess, pretend campaign, whatever you call that book tour. It has been an absolute disaster for the rhinos, a disaster for the globalists. And again, more wins for MAGAs. President Trump continues to dominate.
4: Got about two minutes before I got to let you go, but I'm just curious. You obviously speak to the president probably every day, and I know he talked a lot in his CPAC speech about the concept of retribution and going after the permanent political class. Steve calls it the in-your-face state, and we focused a lot on what exactly retribution looks like in the second, which should be the third Trump term. But I'm just curious, has this whole indictment arraignment situation only doubled, if not tripled, if not quadrupled him in terms of his resolve uh, and efforts to seek and get this retribution from the people who have wronged him on behalf of the American people?
2: Well, Natalie, I had the honor of being with the president on Tuesday in New York, and I had the honor of being there with him at the speech at the historic address that he gave at uh, beautiful Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida on Tuesday. You heard his uh, his message, and his message is that we will not be deterred. We're not going to back down. We're going to continue to fight. And the President Trump is not going to do anything except for stand and fight for America and the American people. And uh, the more they throw at him, the stronger he becomes. And that's, been fact, ever since 2015, since he came down that golden escalator, Russia, 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 Ukraine, 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 a and hoax number one, a and hoax number two, the unconstitutional, absolutely contrived raid on his home in Mar-a-Lago. Now, this fake, unconstitutional, weak indictment, they keep throwing the, these hoaxes and, and witch-hunts at him, but he keeps on winning, keeps on battling, and keeps on dominating American politics. And let's be honest, being the dominant force in, in the world.
4: MAGA is indeed ascendant. Boris, where can people stay in contact with you and some of the latest statements? And I think a pretty epic video was just released from Trump War Room about Trump's reactions to the arraignment. But where can people stay in contact with you?
2: No, thanks so much. My information with the website is, is hot. Everyone's got to sign up at BorisCP.com. Hot on BorisCP.com. Hot on Getter at BorisCP. Twitter at BorisCP. Hot on Social. Boris is the hottest on the gram. Boris underscore Epstein. Stay strong. God bless and Shabbat Shalom.
4: Thank you so much for joining us. One of my primary goals in life is to be able to come in hotter on the gram than Boris, but I don't know if I'll be able to get there. Well, we got about a minute and a half before I got to let you go. Steve will be joining us in the six o'clock hour, a special talking about Easter. Uh, But before then, it's so crazy. I'm, I'm sure most of you probably know me from my former employment with the National Pulse, working under the wonderful and brilliant Raheem Kassam, primarily focusing on Chinese Communist Party infiltration here in the United States, where I think we really coined the term. And the idea was actually on a War Room episode of elite merger, not just elite compromise. It was Charlie Munger, Bill Gates' good friend, who said, what the Chinese Communist Party, what they did to Jack Ma, how they depersoned him because he dared to defy Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party. Well, they were correct, and that's a direct quote. I think that's exactly what you saw going on with Donald Trump. They want to turn him into a Jack Ma type figure, someone who isn't part of the regime, someone who they must destroy because they don't want people like me or you to have hope that we can actually fight against the deep state. Of course, with Schedule F and all that great stuff that James Bacon was talking about yesterday. But just with a spiritual battle, actually believing that we can win and that America first will prevail. But it's not gonna work because we know Donald Trump will of course win again. The deep state will crumble. And I hope you guys have a equally fantastic Easter and everything. Thank you for joining me, it's been a fun one.